0: do you date me? A podcast where I try to figure out how I'm still single, even though I will kiss you without talking to you for very long. My guest today, you know her from the Good Place. Also, if you're in England, you know her because she's a model and a presenter, which is a host in England. It's a host, yes, but they say presenter because they're fancy. Jamila Jamil, boop, boop, boop! hello. <laughs> Your name is so pretty. But also it feels like a trick because Jamila Jamil, it's like it's starting to say your first name again with your last name. It's
1: an Indian Duran Duran.
0: Oh, yes. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's a very good way to put it. An Indian Duran Duran. Yeah. You're on The Good Place, which is such a funny show. You are wonderful on it. That's so nice of you. You are so funny. And I'll be honest I saw the previews and I was like, no way, she'll be funny. She's too pretty. But then you were so funny and I was like, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. Yeah, you're just like naturally funny too. It's not forced. And I think it's like a combination of good writing. And then you're also
1: a very good actress. Okay, now I'm going to date you. Okay. <laughs> so we've stopped, we don't need to do the podcast anymore because Nicole and I are going to date. Oh, baby. Honestly, that would be a
0: dream come true if someone's like, you, today, I want it. <laughs> Uh, so, how long have you been? I'm in LA? literally
1: about to climb over this table and just hump your <laughs> oh, leg. I can't wait! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't. I'm honest. I'm being very genuine. You're very when kind. I say it. I. It's not kind when it's true, and I feel like people people don't give compliments the way they should. I I think if you see
1: something and if it's
0: good, you should just say it. Why not?
1: I also love it when girls support other girls. I also think you are a fantastic force. You're incredibly oh, talented you. and smart. And so it. I it sh- this sounds awful, but it means more to me if a compliment about comedy comes from someone genuinely very funny and talented oh. and smart. And I think you are all of those things. So I'm very flattered.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. Do you... Did you just fall into... Are you a comedic actress or were you doing comedy before?
1: No, no, I've never done anything. Um, <laughs> I, I have... Uh, this was... I, I came here not wanting to be on television anymore because I found oh. uh, television... I don't know. I wasn't particularly excited by the television I'd been doing for a while mm-hmm. in England and I was hosting shows about music that I didn't think was very good. A lot ah. of the time. Uh, and so it felt a little bit soul destroying. And also you get pigeonholed a lot as a woman and mm-hmm. you aren't given a lot of funny things to do, especially in England. They can be quite sexist and very, very ageist. Mm-hmm. And I felt really understimulated. And also because England is the sign, size of like a, a navel or a, a cat's bum hole <laughs> uh, compared to America, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's very easy to be famous there and for nothing. Mm -hmm. And I found myself like very much so in the public eye for no reason. I hadn't like written a hit album or done anything of any significance. Yeah, but it's a bit weird, you know, to announce stuff and then for people to care about you so much Mm -hmm. and photograph you outside your house. So I think it was just all a little bit not right for me. And I wasn't even intellectually stimulated enough for it to be worth the invasion of my privacy. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Not that anything's really that worth it, but but at least if you're really like living for what you do. Mm-hmm. So I I moved to America with no ambition to to really be on television, but I did want to write for television because mm-hmm. I've I've loved comedy since I was a child. It's the only thing that helped me survive what was quite a hard childhood. It was comedy, and so I mm-hmm. really think comedy is a medicine for people. It's a, it's an emotional medicine and uh, a great thing to put out into the world. I wanted mm-hmm. to write it. I got signed as a writer by uh, Three Arts, that uh, company We mm-hmm. make a lot of. Comedy. Comedy, and this audition came out of the blue. I'd run out of money. And my manager told me about this part. And he said, it's an annoying Indian Englishwoman. You've got this. <laughs> yeah. like,
0: it's you. <laughs> You're playing yourself. That's you. Just go yeah, in yeah. there. Don't even yeah. say the lines. Just be yourself. Oh, totally
1: unbearable. Go for the part. Um, and so I uh, so I went to the audition, not thinking I would ever get the part, but mm-hmm. thinking maybe I could just meet Mike Sir and then maybe I could hand him some writing <laughs> eventually. And uh, he cast me because I guess everyone else died that day. <laughs> um, but now I am an actress, a comedic actress, and I had—I would never have known that I would love this so much. I, I would—I n- I can't believe what a chance he gave me because mm-hmm. I had never—I never would have seen this for myself. I never would have dared because it is such a, an incredible profession to me. But it is my favorite thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good, and I think it shows. It shows that everybody on the show is having a good time. Um, everyone really uh, connects in a way that's so genuine and mm-hmm. nice. And I've only met Mike Sher once, and he's a very whimsical man. Yes. I He radiates this, like, uh, happiness. And I feel like all and of his peace. projects... Yes. Yeah, all of his projects, I think, are influenced by that as well. So I think for your first project, that's like, you, like, just... Not winning the lottery, but like, I think you were meant to be there at that time. I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm. But also after Me Too, I do feel like I won a lottery. Like mm-hmm. he is the least rapey or inappropriate yep. boss I've ever met. He's he's not unkind. He doesn't have double standards for women. He mm-hmm. doesn't care about what weight we are. We never feel objectified in any way. He just treats everyone as equal. And he respects us as comedians. And he challenges us and pushes us and never patronizes anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. I like
1: that about him. Yeah,
0: which is... Incredible, and should be the norm. I know, and it's not, and it's mind-boggling when you work at something like a like with a man who calls you honey off the bat, and you're like, I don't fucking know you.
1: Oh yeah, I had a photographer call me Bubba throughout the whole thing, as if like Bubba? I'm his little baby. It was really weird. And creepy. That is very it strange. Like, Come to me, Bubba. Come on, Bubba. Crawl no. at me, Bubba. And I was like, don't, I'm not going to crawl at you. I'm 32 years
0: old. <laughs> That is so strange. So you do a lot of modeling, yes? Uh, or I no, you used I do, to?
1: I, I've, ne- I've not really, mo- I became, I got signed as a model when I was 15 yes. uh, because I'd, I'd managed to master an eating disorder at 15. Mm. That was a very bad time in my life, a very stupid bad time in which I took my body for granted and hurt myself a lot. Um, and then I was lucky to be hit by a car shortly afterwards, short six months into my modeling career. I was oh hit by a car, God. broke my back, gained 75 pounds, much needed. And gain some sense. And okay. stopped taking my body for granted and stopped starving myself and realized that there are people who are literally starving in the world. Mm-hmm. They are dying of famine and I am choosing, while surrounded by food, mm-hmm. by good food, to deny myself of it, I am a horror and disgrace to myself. <laughs> um, and obviously eating disorders are part of a mental health problem and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you shouldn't, I don't think shame is the way out of it. But, but to look at it logically, I think sometimes can be quite empowering to be like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I deserve more than this treatment. This voice in my head is evil. I need to eat.
0: That's wild that it took a car hitting you. Mm -hmm. But also, sometimes you need something that jolts you back into your mind sometimes you're living like out of your mind being like I need to do all these things and I don't know and then you get jolted and then you're like oh what was I doing this whole time well it's because I'm
1: a woman and I'm being hazed with shame and I have been since the minute I could understand so therefore like there's there's just like I'm in shame smoke all the Mm -hmm. time and it sometimes it does take a big car coming out of the blue or something Mm -hmm. like that like a huge life moment to to remind you of your mortality and remind Mm -hmm. you that you know this is real life is real and we only get one shot and don't deliberately mess it up because enough other things are going to try and mess it up for you.
0: Truly, the world will try to keep you down but you got to just keep yourself up.
1: So I never modelled again and then I became a TV host and a Mm -hmm. personality I guess in England and via that I kind of did like branding modelling do you know what I mean? So it's it's way better, people treat you better you're not treated Mm -hmm. like a piece of meat Um, you're never really pressured to look a certain way, you get to be yourself you have Mm -hmm. autonomy because you're doing it as yourself so I think I've kind of done been photographed but I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. really modeled I've never had to fit okay. in someone else's like, so you image. never
0: had to like wash a car in a bikini and be like eat a hamburger
1: no no Which Jesus is, thank what God. a blessing yes
0: I yeah I don't know I'm not good at being sexy so I that I don't think I could ever do that hmm I I think I'm a sexy person mm-hmm. but The way the world visualizes sexy women, that's not who I am.
1: 100% I'm the same. And I
0: feel like a lot of women aren't like that. So it's very interesting. I mean, I guess guess it's just men's idea of what sexy is, is what we've adapted to being.
1: No, I think it was... I mean, I I hear you, but I believe it was a couple of men's idea. Mm -hmm. And then they broadcast it so heavily that other men grew up thinking well that's what they're supposed to find sexy Mm. I don't know if some men actually genuinely find something sexy that they're just conditioned to believe is sexy and then they sort of force themselves into finding things alluring that aren't necessarily alluring it's a bit like Mm. us with the bad boy you
0: Uh, know like
1: with with you know we're trained to like the guy in the leather jacket and the Mm -hmm. bike who can't get his life together but we're gonna be the girl that's gonna make him turn his shit around (laughs) um you know and, and I've had so many female friends when I've kind of tried to set them up with a Good looking, nice, wonderful, smart, funny friend Mm -hmm. of mine. They're like, oh, he's just a bit nice. He's just a little too nice. You're so destroyed Uh by Hollywood. You want the difficult, Mm -hmm. like, bad boy who treats you like shit. Uh, What is that conditioning that comes from our, like, media? Mm hmm. It's not stay away from the bad boys, gonna give you HPV.
0: (laughs) That should be put on a t shirt. Stay away from the bad boys, they're gonna give you HPV. Yeah. I love it. You have an Instagram that is dedicated to uh, celebrating women's bodies, right?
1: No. No. I have an Instagram that is dedicated to celebrating women's lives. Lives. Okay. In spite of their bodies. Yes. Okay. I knew that bodies were in there somewhere. They were totally in there. (laughs) Um, I can't sit here as like a size US 6 and be like love over, Like I, I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you how to feel about your body or your face or anything I hope that you find a way to love yourself as I have had to at the various different sizes I've been mm-hmm. I've both been very very small and I've been very very large and I've learned how to love myself and accept myself at every different size and every incarnation and with mm-hmm. every type of acne or no acne that I've ever had um, I can't tell you how to feel about the way that you look but what I can tell you is that the way that you look should never dictate the way you feel about your yourself as a oh. whole. It's one tenth at best of what should be important to you Mm -hmm. and the media and society, the media that's bled into the society and into our culture um, or the culture that's then bled into our society tells you that it's the most important thing about you. Men are brought up to uh, they are raised to believe that they should aspire towards success and strength and one day be able to marry the Victoria's secret model. We are taught that we should just be the Victoria's secret model. Mm -hmm. It's devastating and so demeaning and so pathetic. And so I think that it's nice to appreciate the way you look and enjoy fashion and mm-hmm. wear a bit of makeup and 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 be proud of your body and have feelings about that but that should never be more than one component of what makes you up as a human being because it isn't when, you, when you're when you on your deathbed you're not going to be thinking about how flat your stomach was, <laughs> you're going to be thinking about what you did like mm-hmm. what you saw, how you made people feel how they made you feel, there are women who survive cancer, they cure cancer they lead countries, they raise people, they feed people we, we are incredible multifaceted, interesting intelligent creatures and we are reduced to something so menial and depressing and so what I weigh is it's uh, at I underscore way. it's just a lit I want women to weigh themselves in their accomplishments and in mm. the things that they have overcome in their lives and their story I want to know women's story I'm mm-hmm. tired of just seeing women's fucking asses I don't care about your ass I don't want to see your asshole I don't care how bleached it is like the I, like, I spent a lot of money, and it's real white. I know, and like at a UV party, I'm sure it looks amazing <laughs> and it lights up. But I want to know about the woman inside that asshole. <laughs> what is she thinking? <laughs> What's she feeling? What is she going through? Who is this woman behind this asshole? I'll see your asshole. I I'll like it. I'll double. That. I'll double click. But. <laughs> After I've seen your mm-hmm. arsehole, I would also like to know some more about your life. Tell, show me your family. Like, t- Show me who you are. What do you care about? What do you feel like you're being an activist about? I don't just want to see a million face face-tuned pictures of you. Mm. And that's what we're being reduced to. I like that. And men don't know how interesting we are because we don't show men a lot of the time how interesting we are. It is so depressing and strange to me when I see women, even women that I love, who are so funny, so dirty, so interesting and, and coarse and, mm-hmm. and savage in their like their intelligence. Uh, water it down as soon as a man is in the room, even a man that they're not attracted Mm to. They completely change. they become coy. a very interesting thing that women do. And they, like, start stroking inanimate objects.
0: (laughs) Yes, I have one friend who I think is one of the funniest people, Mm -hmm. fearless on stage, but the minute a man gets in the room, she'll, like, sit in their lap, she'll stroke them, and I always want to shake her and say... You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be liked by every man who's in a room. They start
1: leaning on stuff a yes. lot. It's like they suddenly can't hold up yes. their, their own weight. And then their
0: hair is messed up and they have to just keep fixing it and yeah. <laughs> and smiling and blinking. And it's like, do you need vising? What is happening? You are a completely different person. And we're not
1: judging you. We're just urging you to no, know to that you d- don't need to do yes. that. Because who you are in a room where you would feel natural is the person that you are supposed to be mm-hmm. in every room. My
0: God, this is like going to church. I am feeling so good. Are we falling
1: in love? (laughs) (laughs) I think we are. Am I sexually harassing you? I'm sorry. I'll stay here on my side. No, this is Um, perfect. I love it
0: so much. So you... Do you mind talking about, like, growing up in England? What was... I've never been to England. I don't know what it's like. Uh, Were you born and raised in England?
1: I was born and raised mostly in London. I did move to... I moved wherever the pound was the strongest because I was poor. Ah. Uh, So we would move to like Spain and my grandmother had a house there and we'd go live with her sometimes. And, and Spain was so cheap to live and Mm -hmm. you could live a really lovely lifestyle um, in with the same money that you would live in abject poverty in England at the time. And then take that up in extra gear in Pakistan where we then would Mm -hmm. like go to whenever we would really need money. Mm -hmm. But um, generally I lived in London. I'm London born and raised and, and I love, I love London, but I do think that I was ready to live somewhere else by the time Mm -hmm. I hit 30.
0: Um can I ask growing up were you like were you in a lot of relationships or are you a single person like a serial monogamist or did you stay single
1: Um nobody wanted to have sex with me until oh, no. I was 22 <laughs> that that's the first time someone actually wanted to have sex with me um I had my first kiss I think at 21 mm-hmm. um I was just too tall I was 5 10 by the time I was like 12. Okay. And all the boys were really uh, short Mm -hmm. and um, they didn't fancy bigger girls. I was also... I, I, just, I was just bigger than the other girls, mm-hmm. you know. I was I was extremely curvaceous and uh, in a time in the 90s where heroin chic was mm-hmm. like the style. And so everyone kind of was emulating Kate Moss and hip jutting hip bones were mm-hmm. like a kind of badge of honour for girls. And so I was just made to feel as though I was fat and I was made to feel like as though I was too tall and I had bad skin because I was hormonal and mm-hmm. also unhappy and eating the wrong food and I was reacting all over my face and, and I had glasses and braces and and I also just didn't – I was a tomboy, whatever the hell that means. You know, my, my dad definitely raised me to be more of a boy than a girl, mm-hmm. um, which I'm glad for now because actually I think there's a lot of toxicity sometimes in growing up mm-hmm. in a girly way because what even is girly, um, I, inverted commas. Growing
0: up in a girly way is – A game you play is play house Mm -hmm. where you have like a little house and a vacuum cleaner and like a frying pan. It's like, so playing to me is cooking and cleaning.
1: Yeah. So I was much more active and playing like, you know, war games, which isn't great (laughs) either. Um, No, but... But the point is, is that I grew up, you know, I wasn't girly. I wasn't sensual. Uh, I... I just didn't know, I didn't know how to be this thing that I was seeing in the movies and in the magazines. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know how to be flirty. I, uh, you know, I just knew how to kind of be funny or, or be honest and sincere and, and, and play. You mm-hmm. know, I was a very innocent, I was a young 12 year old. I was, I, I think a proper 12 year old, you know, I wasn't yeah. hypersexualized. I, I wasn't I was still listening to the Beatles at that age. I wasn't listening to the young pop starlets who were, you know, or Madonna or people who were singing mm-hmm. about sex all the time. I just was maybe behind my times. And so I was an awkward kid who only became more socially anxious and more awkward as I got older. And then I didn't drink and ah. I never drank and I've still not ever drunk. And I really? think that means that I had extra social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was I was hugely unpopular at school. No one spoke to me. Honestly, I had like one friend who only wanted to be my friend on the weekend. And oh, no. She was not very nice to me on the weekend even. And then at school <laughs> would completely blank oh, no. me because I had like social leprosy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The more that happens, the worse you become socially. And so Mm -hmm. just the more anxious you become around girls and women and they pick up on that because women are hypersensitive Mm -hmm. and then just people just don't want to be near you. Like I would literally sit and eat lunch on my own every single day and girls would walk up to me at school and look at me and just go... Uh, really? for no reason and then just walk off in a group or there was one time I was sitting at my house not this is like a sob story but it'll explain why I'm such a weirdo mm-hmm. um I was sitting at my house alone on a Saturday night watching like the Eurovision song contest with my mother and 12 girls from school turned up at my house and rang on my doorbell and I was thinking oh my god are they gonna invite me out mm-hmm. and they turned up just to asked me what I was doing and I was like oh, I'm just watching uh-huh. Eurovision Song Contest with my mum but I could like I, but I'm free and they were like oh we were just wondering we're going out somewhere really fun bye and then oh just like walked off God. so they just wanted they came all the way to my house and found out my address just to humiliate me and show me that I'm in watching TV with my mother and oh. they are like all out having fun uh, together in a big group never got invited to birthday parties that is so mean yeah man girls are tough they were tough and it was also they like are. a very racist time in England mm-hmm. and I was th- one of the only Pakistani girls like in the whole school. So it was mm-hmm. just like I had a brutal, brutal teenage years and I think Ooh. it just all messed up my confidence and then I just didn't really, I just didn't fit to any mold that any boy mm-hmm. seemed to want. And then I met and then my best friend basically fell in love with me. When I was like twenty twenty one, and mm-hmm. he was my first kiss, and it took him nine months to get the the courage up to kiss me because I was giving him zero signals. <laughs> I still give men no signals. You have to be you have to be deep inside me uh-huh. before I even realize before that you like it me. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, you okay. like me? There you go. He um, likes me a lot. I have no. I'm very bad at signals. I'm bad at giving them. I'm bad at receiving them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my confidence has been so battered as a child that I, d- I don't believe that anyone would find me attractive because I don't find myself attractive. And so that's something that I continue to work on because that's just me bullying myself now.
0: Yeah, and it's very interesting what you see in the mirror versus what the world sees. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of women struggle with that. I struggle with that. But, like, I've... It took me a while, but I've grown to very much love the body that I'm in. Mm -hmm. I love the face that I have. I, when I grew up, I was also, like, one of... I don't know, five black kids in my whole town. Yeah. And it was so me, my sister. Yeah, it was very weird, mm-hmm. but we were lucky. We weren't like made fun of her or anything. And no one was overtly mean to us because rap was popular and like Eminem, <laughs> people loved Eminem. People loved to like, you know, explain hip hop to me. And I'd be like, sure, okay. <laughs> that's, uh, sure, that's what you think, whatever, okay. Um, <laughs> So it was.
1: is still the coolest thing that Indian people have ever done in mainstream culture. Who's played by a white man, by the way? Okay, so go on. Uh huh. Which is insane. Yeah. And I
0: do think. Oh, whatever, we don't even have to get no, into no. that. But I do think they should, whatever. Uh So, like, it was more people were curious about me and my sister and the rest of the black kids in town. Yeah. And they, like, wanted to be cool. And, like, having a black person around kind of co-signed things. But that also fucks you up. Because mm-hmm. then you're like, well, you like me on a surface level, but, like, I would never been, like, hit on by a boy. I don't think my first kiss was until, no. I had my first kiss, I think, in seventh grade. But then, like, nothing for a very, like, there was, like, and like a thing that happened and then nothing else until, like, I was 21, 22-ish. And I was like, but why? And then growing up, I was like, oh, it's because it's, like, my mother used to say, these white boys aren't going to bring you home to their mom. What would their mother say? Their mother uh. probably wouldn't be happy about it. And hearing that from my mom, I was like, oh, you're just, like, kind of hating on me. Like, you're just, like, being really mean. But then you grow up and... Some of the people I went to high school with are fervent Trump supporters, and mm. you like you hear what they really think, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, had they brought me home, their mother wouldn't be happy about it. They probably would have had something to say, so I think that explains a little bit of how like why I didn't date growing up, but also, I was very pimply, very oily." And, oh, I thought I dressed real cute, but
1: looking back, it wasn't good. Oh, my God. Snakeskin leather pla- flares. <laughs> uh, with, And I used to wear flares and then wear a skirt on top of my flares. <gasps> what a dream! This is until I was 22. I would also wear, like, gloves that went all the way up to my elbow, mm-hmm. like, inside a club. Mm-hmm. And I would wear a scarf inside a club because I was just trying to cover it. I look like Kenny from <laughs> South Park. Like, that's that was my style. Just cover up as yeah, much yeah. as possible. Extra large men's tracksuits, you know, mm-hmm. And so it was, yeah, it's just, a th- it's amazing looking back. I'm sure one day I'll probably look back at the stuff that I've worn in my 20s and 30s yes, and be and like, Yes, and then like, I looked Jesus insane Christ. why on earth
0: would I do that? We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back.
1: Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier?
0: If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99.
1: At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary.
0: Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash date me today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp, help h e-l p dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey Did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And we're back. Okay, Jamila, I would like you to look at my Tinder profile. Okay, because you're not on any apps. No. Have you no. ever been on
1: an app? Yes, for two weeks. Really? Which one? Um, Tinder. And how was it? Um, well, I, I just I was I, I met I got I was afraid of murder. Uh, okay, Nicole, <laughs> and so I met every single day at 11 a.m. each day, different dates. Um, <laughs> uh, near, wait, you near went a, on dates at 11 a.m. near a police station. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't conducive to a sexy vibe.
0: That's really. That's really funny.
1: They didn't that's think it was very funny. So
0: funny. If I if someone set up a date with me at eleven a.m. next to a police station, <laughs> I would think they were the funniest person I'd ever met. But that's that just is it.
1: <laughs> like the things that women find funny or sexy or cool, men do not find no. funny and sexy or cool.
0: What. What was one of the worst dates you went on from Tinder?
1: Uh, one of the worst dates I went on from Tinder—they were actually all fine. They were all fine, it was, but it just felt like a meeting because it was mm-hmm. eleven a.m. outside a police station. And the date has just
0: started; they're yeah. still on their best behavior. So not I didn't—I had yet. like
1: ter- I had one bad date that I uh, around the same time uh, with a man um, who I'd gone on a couple of dates with. This is a disaster, actually. Mm-hmm. This is a real. This is like the most. This is the worst date anyone's ever been on. Okay, so are you ready? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I went on a date with this man, and uh, he was lovely to me. And so we went on a second date and, and he was lovely to me. On the third date, like he brought me to kind of meet some of his friends and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is going so well. He's so charming and funny and nice mm-hmm. and handsome and he's introducing me to people, which means he's not ashamed of my personality, which is rare. <laughs> uh, and so then he comes over to my house at like, he comes over at like 10 p.m. So I was like, mm. mm-hmm. Now, I've kissed seven people ever. One of them is Manny, who's on the show, and that's a contractually obliged kiss that's on camera. Adorable. So, no, it's not, but it isn't. It isn't like it's no, not. No, that's. I think it's sad. adorable. It's sad, and, and and it makes me sad. Um, <laughs> Out of your seven, <laughs> one is work. Yeah, yeah, and I still count it, which is pathetic. <laughs> no, um, that's the best. So, uh, so anyway, so I, uh, I was like, I'm about to have my first booty call, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was so excited because I'd heard. About them for years, and I've been watching. <laughs> and I've been it watching, was finally happening I've been watching to Sex you. in the City, you know, and I, you know, I really felt like I was ready for my first booty call. He turns up at my house, walks in. I've never told this story publicly. T- walks in, takes three steps in, kisses me on the cheek, and then collapses face <gasps> forward and has a seizure, like a violent seizure. He breaks all of his teeth. What? When he falls and the, so the teeth and blood just explode all over my house. Bear in mind I'd been in America, I'd moved to America ten days prior to this. Oh my god. So I don't know anyone here <gasps> apart from other men from Tinder. So I can't really call them in this situation. Oh that would be very funny. <laughs> it's if you so did. amazing. It's like this woman I met at
0: eleven AM across from the police station just called me to say that her friend had a seizure.
1: And so I um so this man is now like bleeding and seizing all over my floor. There's teeth everywhere. I have to call 911 like in the movies you know, which I'd never done in my life I'd never had to call an emergency mm-hmm. services before and they send a, a, ca- a, 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 a an ambulance and a, a fire truck for some reason mm-hmm. we, we don't do this in England it's very overdramatic, America. America yes. and you need to know yourself and chill out <laughs> uh, just chill the fuck out uh, so 20 men pour into the house like all in uniform to save mm-hmm. this guy's life and they're trying to resuscitate him they manage to finally bring him back round and they're like you know have you taken any drugs and he was like um, well, I had a bit of cocaine earlier, but I've been taking that for like 20 years and I've normally been <laughs> fine. I was like, oh. <laughs> flag that's a red flag 20 years of cocaine 20 years yeah, <laughs> yeah. good lord um, i was like dad of three dad of three uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh single dad of three uh, mm-hmm. and so um so he then they're like if you take anything else and he was like no, no no i definitely haven't taken anything else so like, okay cool so they put the blanket over him and they start to like um pull the blanket over his body and after they go past his cock he gets a raging erection <laughs> uh, which point it becomes quite clear <laughs> that some somebody, somebody gets impotent from their cocaine use and they take Viagra both of which have a very different effect on the heart and so clearly the cocktail just oh my God him yeah. up and he collapsed he collapsed he had like heart like temporary heart mm-hmm. failure um and so now it's very embarrassing because he's got a boner he's had to admit that he's had Viagra uh, and look me in the eye as he says it he's got no teeth there's blood everywhere. And we have to carry him out uh, of my house uh, at 11 p.m. at night in the huh. middle of like West Hollywood with no teeth, covered in blood and and a big boner.
0: Honestly, that's the worst that's date I've ever been the on. the best story oh. I've ever heard. <laughs> he's got no teeth. <laughs> he's high on coke and he's got a boner and he's like, can we still fuck? Yeah, and he's <laughs> like,
1: just being carried out of my house on a stretcher.
0: <laughs> have you ever had a booty call since? no <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's one of the funniest stories i've ever heard oh, oh it pleases me to know, and i'm sorry that happened <laughs> i've Did been he... like sent a sign
1: from the universe that i'm destined to never be allowed to have casual sex <laughs> as long as i live so i've only I ever mean, slept with people that i've been in long relationships with
0: there are worse things that could happen i guess but uh that's wild. Did he clean? Did he, like, give you money to clean?
1: He did, actually. He actually took me shopping to Target two days later to, like, replace all my furniture that was covered in his blood.
0: <laughs> that's, that's gentlemanly. So did he call you to set that up, or did he text you? I want to take you to Target.
1: <laughs> he texted me. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> you,
0: <laughs> my blood is all over your furniture. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I still have his blood stain on the back of my couch. Like, <gasps> really? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's my God. Gross.
0: It's gross, but also what an icebreaker. Anyway,
1: enough about me. (laughs) Show me your Tinder profile.
0: Okay, yep, that's my Tinder. So um, if you would like to look along, you can go to Facebook.com, Nicole Byer Comedy, and I posted the pictures there. Oh, my God,
1: this is amazing. (laughs) Tell them what you see. Um, okay, so there is a picture of you next to Kim Kardashian. You are mimicking exactly her pose. She's topless, she's wearing noo- She's eating noodles, um, and she's got pink hair. You are doing exactly that. You look really hot in this picture. Thank you. Um, you've really committed, which I really admire. Yes, it's um, my favorite picture. There I is think another, it's really funny. There's another stunning photograph of you We're holding a pineapple on top of your head and pretending it's coming out of your head, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You look... You know, Fucking insane uh, in the photograph, but you'd look beautiful. You look mad and beautiful Thank you. and fun. There's a photograph of you next with a child's toy car, and you are posing like you are on the cover of a hip hop album, um, <laughs> or like a Slav. You know, have you seen Slav squatting uh, on Instagram? Yes, yes that's Wait, lovely.
0: What is Slav? Is a- Slum
1: and Slavic, so it can be like someone from that kind of part of the world, like Russian yes. or, okay. or from Poland. Or um, and then there's another picture of you looking hot as all fuck in a. Re- in a wonderfully ridiculous t-shirt, holding, <laughs> is that a giant dildo? Mm-hmm. It's a giant blue dildo. Mm-hmm. Can you get that inside you?
0: Um, I've never tried.
1: Christ.
0: I found it, uh, there's this show, it's a stand-up what show that, in a sex feet? shop. I think it's like two feet. It was huge. So I was walking around the sex shop and I was like, oh, that's a huge dildo. I have to take a picture with it. So that's- Agreed.
1: Agreed. That's why I have it because oh it was so big and silly. God, there's no part of that that would get in me. No, that is really scary. Then there's you in a onesie um, climbing an empty bookcase, and now I don't understand the point of this photograph other than to show that you have a wonderful ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Sean, then there's what a picture of you with a the dog. There's a picture of you in glasses, looking you know smart. Inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, and beautiful. These are all wonderful photographs and I feel like they really reflect you. They show that you are a very silly woman and you are a very beautiful woman and you have a wonderful bottom um, <laughs> and you seem really fun. So how's it going? Why are you still single? I don't know. <laughs> so how is the, um, what's the traffic like from your Tinder? I'm sorry, I just um, threw your phone at
0: you like yo, Naomi Campbell. It's fine. Um, Um, It landed. It didn't break. Uh, The traffic on my Tinder right now has slowed. So before, my first picture was the dildo picture. So I would get a lot of gentlemen asking about it, and rightfully so. And that would be kind of like the icebreaker. But then I was like, maybe I don't want that to be the icebreaker. So then I just put the Kim picture there, and that has gotten me no hits. Um... I also, I'm on Bumble. Do you know what Bumble is?
1: Yes. That's why the woman approaches the man. Yes.
0: So I started saying silly things to men in hopes that they would be silly back. Like, uh, I started one conversation with this man and I said what would you do if a penguin walked into your room right now? And then he had a very logical answer. And I was like, I don't want logic. I oh want my God,
1: what a, boring a fun, twat. whimsical
0: answer. Yeah, okay. I was like, he was like, what would you do? I was like, keep it, raise it, raise it with my dog, uh, make it a good boy penguin. And then I asked this guy, Gary, I said, would you rather turn into a hot dog every night or turn into a hot air balloon every day for 15 minutes at 1145? And then he just said Balloon. And I know that's an answer, but I asked a very silly, specific question. Right. So I was like, why wouldn't you answer it, but then like ask me why Mm -hmm. I thought of it or, or like think of the logistics of it? I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are boring.
1: I think a lot of people are boring, but I also think the one-dimensional way in which women have been portrayed in mainstream media and in porn is is even more boring. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the problem that you're facing here is that women find funny men attractive. Men are far less inclined to find a funny woman attractive. It is just because that has not been something that has been in their filter. You know, it's almost like if there's an algorithm that has been taken out of the algorithm that men Mm -hmm. see... Uh, in their like in their full periphery around women you know and and this is such a deep deeply rooted and deeply upsetting issue and it's a massive part of why no one often wants to have sex with me <laughs> I've, I've um, <laughs> I have referred to myself as a serial erection killer uh, <laughs> because of my ability to turn people off with my personality um, and however I might look because I've got Breasts and I've got mm-hmm. long legs and I dress somewhat provocatively. Sometimes I am today. It's very mm-hmm. hot outside, um, so I think I don't think some that's men, provocative. Well, whatever. Like I'm just saying, I don't know what provocative even means, but I've got the girls are out. Okay, they're staring at you. Um, the point is, out. the point uh, is, mm-hmm. that I dress like in a way that uh, that looks like I've made an effort. I've bathed sometimes, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so I, I will be approached by men, but within seconds and sometimes minutes of meeting me, people are not interested anymore. Um, Hmm. Because I don't give off a vibe. I give off a vibe that they associate with a mum or a friend because I'm being like funny and friendly and open and I'm not being... Guarded about myself, and Mm -hmm. I'm not being mysterious. And I don't know what the fuck the big deal about mystery is. I don't fucking have any. I'm never gonna have any fucking mystery. I am what I am. Surely, my being okay with what I am should be a good thing. I'm. I don't want you to think I'm a murderer. (laughs) I'm not French, and I don't have a cigarette. And you do know what I'm thinking because I'm gonna fucking tell you all the time. And hopefully, you like my thoughts. I'm finally in a relationship where I'm with someone who definitely. No, I've always dated nice men who've accepted mm-hmm. my personality, but um, I'm in a relationship with someone currently who really does just accept all of my weirdness. And I fully mm-hmm. let my f- my freak flag fly with this person and he accepts all of my like Indian characters that mm-hmm. I am in the house and all these different things. <laughs> but this has been so hard to find someone who accepts me for not being um, like some sort of ingenue mm-hmm. in a movie because this is what men are seeing. This is what they're seeing in pornography. That's what they're seeing in the movie and the, the lead character of the movie is never funny and if she is funny, it's because her life is in a mess and she's got a drinking mm-hmm. problem and she's, a you know, whatever, she's sleeping around too much. Those are the only women allowed to be funny and they're not often allowed to be attractive at the same time. Mm -hmm. All of our kind of funny or our color and our personality has to be kind of like filtered through into something that is digestible and palatable to the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Um, And so I think what you might be struggling with is the fact that men are a little bit like uh, maybe just... Surprised by the fact that you're going out there trying to be funny rather than conforming mm-hmm. to patriarchal expectation, just by like pushing your tits out there and looking like. Have you seen this new? What the fuck is going on on Instagram, where everyone has started to look like grown grown women are doing the face of like I'm just a little lost girl, and they're putting yeah. their pouting their lips and they're pouting opening their eyes, making them eyes look very doe eyes and, and, and looking, very and they look confused. very lost and confused and. These are like some of them. I know these some of these women and they're smart women mm-hmm. and they're talented women. They're earning loads of money. They're successful. They're driven. But what you see of them on Instagram is just hundreds of photographs of them looking like they don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like They're perplexed and lost and, and scared and vulnerable. And and it's like this Lolita thing. Now, Lolita is creepy as fuck. Lolita is creepy
0: as creepy
1: fuck. as all fuck. And Lolita is still in style and Jane, yes. like Jane Birkin, I don't know, Not, I'm not going to throw out that Jane Birkin, she's a gorgeous woman, but that kind of style of like, I'm just like, I don't, I just need a big man to come and rescue mm-hmm. me. I get it. But if we keep perpetuating that narrative around women, then men are going to be terrified when they come across smart women who do know Mm -hmm. where they are. They're fully aware of their location. They don't feel afraid. And they've got some opinions and they've got some jokes to tell you and they want to be real and natural Mm -hmm. around you. Men are just not accustomed to us being ourselves. They have no idea. A lot of them have no idea who we are. My boyfriend... I will stop talking in a second. (laughs) No, you're Um, fine. My boyfriend... Uh, hasn't had loads of female friends in his life Mm -hmm. um, until now because women have been so weird around him and he's also a singer Mm -hmm. who uh, people like is known to some people and so women are even weirder around him Mm -hmm. Uh, and they it's almost like they just switch into a different character when they're around him it makes sense they just sort of they become quite mysterious and I think he I used to find that a little bit disconcerting and Mm -hmm. and would never really get to know people and now that he's going out with me and I've got lots of female friends who because he's my boyfriend they are not trying to shag him Mm -hmm. thankfully (laughs) Um, and so therefore are completely being themselves and I've got very funny very raw very intelligent Mm -hmm. very strong women around me in my life Um, and he's met them and it's been such an eye-opener to him to meet to see what women are really like he Mm -hmm. really didn't know and now he's got loads of female friends and he adores the female company he just didn't know he would because he hadn't met real women until now because women couldn't stop being weird around him I'm sure all those women he met were probably really interesting Mm -hmm. and had loads of humanity but they hid it from him because they were trying to conform to the narrative that they thought he would want because he might watch porn or watch movies Mm -hmm. that's so interesting as to
0: why maybe a lot of men don't have female friends yeah. because women do act a certain kind of way around men. How long have you guys been together? Three and a half years. Okay, so that's that's a good chunk of time. When mm-hmm. did you? So did you ever feel like you couldn't be yourself around him, or was there like a certain day we were like, hmm, I'm just gonna do this like little weird thing and
1: see what happens? No, I've I've always been straight out the gate with guys. I mm-hmm. just can't, I can't be bothered. I can't mm. be bothered. I, I got rejected so much in my uh, teens. And I used to be the girl that used to write messages for the pretty girls to the boys. They used to get mm-hmm. me to write Funny stuff or like stuff that boys would be interested about on instant messenger. Do you remember mm-hmm. I am? Oh, yes. And then the boy would walk straight past me at the party, and I'm the girl that he's really been talking to online for ages. And like, we've been connecting. Oh my. But he would God. never look twice at me. And he looks through, like, through me and almost as, like, rude to me as he's walking past. You're like and a 90s rom com. I am a 90s <laughs> rom com. Um, <laughs> except, like, no. No one ever kissed me. I never like. I took the glasses off, and I took off the ponytail, and I was still and a they fucking gorgeous. Like, we don't want yeah. it. And you're like, yeah. but I did everything I was supposed they to. They're like, you have a really like unsexy personality. <laughs> um, and so, uh, what was the question? I've totally lost. Uh,
0: no. You answered it. Where
1: did you guys meet? I met my boyfriend at work, but no. So I, so because I got re- so rejected as a teenager, basically, I just decided that you know what, I'm just gonna have to, I'm gonna have to be okay with me. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna end up being rejected later. You know, if I pretend to be someone yeah. else, I, I, don't, I can't be bothered to keep up the game. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's, it's why I, I don't wear Spanx. It's why I don't wear Bras. I am just like, I am. It's on dates and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I'm just like what you see is what you get I don't wear a lot of makeup when I'm going out with boys mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make sure that they know who I am so I'm not going to have to keep up something I'm messy from the start that's I, I bring all my flaws out straight away so that you get to decide because otherwise we are a bit like used car salesmen in mm-hmm. relationships all human beings where we show the best version of ourselves for a year and then mm-hmm. we can't keep that up it's just you're better very right. to be yourself. Be the best version of yourself that you intend to be in a realistic way, but be yourself. So, I also um, don't wear Spanx. I don't understand them.
0: They don't yeah. make you any smaller. They just make you smooth.
1: Yeah, and that's on TV, that could be nice because you're moving around in some weird positions. It could be smooth. Sure. And, and it does feel like you're being cuddled, but... Generally, I don't wear spanks. I don't like the feeling. I can't breathe. I don't like them either. No. They're too tight for nothing. Yeah. My vagina feels sad. It does. It feels and sad. And then the
0: ones with the hole for your vagina, you're like, all right, so it's like airing out a little, this is, this.
1: But that's just to pee, which I think is super gross much. Yes, precarious. Will you just
0: open it up and pee. Yeah. I Like I you're mean... giving birth
1: to your own piss. It's really bizarre. <laughs> um, but the fact that I've never altered my personality for men when I meet them is also why I've been uh, tremendously unsuccessful in dating. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was a patch between 24 and 27 where I didn't even kiss anyone really yeah no one like didn't hold hands with a person
0: you're giving me hope because i'm currently in a dry spell i haven't i don't think i've kissed anyone since um last october maybe november i yeah i've been like busy one two it feels like so much work to get to know someone like on an app and then meet them and then be like this doesn't work i guess i'll sleep with you anyway and then be like this wasn't good
1: mm-hmm. this
0: didn't fulfill anything
1: but but online dating is just it is the worst it it's is the worst. I understand it, especially for busy people. And it, and it is kind of cool that you get to meet people you wouldn't otherwise meet. And in Los Angeles, you're not walking around the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, you're know, you not bumping into people. You're not going to local coffee shops very often. Yeah. So in particular, I do understand that. But it is just this menu of genitals and people are <laughs> lazy because they have this sense of too much choice. It's why we stopped watching TV is because we had too many channels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just stopped committing to things. We stopped sitting down and there's, we stopped having a sense of ceremony. You know, there's just, we, we, we are not good with too much choice and there's too much choice and you just swipe and it's so depersonalized Mm -hmm. and it's based on on your, like you often don't even look through the second or third or fourth picture, you just see the first picture and you make Mm -hmm. an instant like snap decision that has no no sense of context or or anything to do with that person and there's no, you can't get a a pheromonal vibe from someone Mm -hmm. which you get from just meeting someone and walking past them or having a small interaction at a, a traffic light, you know, and so I think that online dating anyway is the worst and a really hard way to gauge and read people um i i spoke to an uber driver about this uh three years ago and <laughs> she just said uh, she was telling me she'd been married for a really long time and i said what do you think is the secret to me i was single at the time and i said what do you think is the secret to to finding love um because i find uber drivers can be quite wise because uh, <laughs> they they spend a lot of time therapizing people in the back yeah, of they their talk car. to a lot yeah. of people and uh she just said go and do what you love and you'll find the man who is right for you when you are doing something that you love and that made a lot of sense to me of like, find your people. She's like, don't mess around with all of this online shit. It's got mm-hmm. nothing to do. You haven't really like got any sense of of uh, an algorithm as to like who you are that there's nothing that you have in common other than like, oh, I like that picture of yours. Mm -hmm. You like this picture of mine. It's nothing. This is so uh, surface set, like surface level and and, shallow and and gross and and depersonalized. Go and do hobbies, like uh, get out of the house, go and do things, pursue things that make you happy, (gasps) things that you love. And then you are obviously so much more likely to gravitate towards someone who's got at least, at the very least, similar interests. And then they have a chance to get to know you, to hear your voice, to pick up on your pheromones. Like that is how Mm -hmm. you're going to. And, and I did. I met someone in my job where I was there doing something that I loved, and that was where I met someone like-minded, and we fell in love, and we are together. It's the best and healthiest relationship I've ever been in, and we do, we have we have so much in common, and we are such similar beasts. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the way forward. I, I do wonder if perhaps online dating is perhaps not doing you any favors, especially Maybe. because of the prejudice that exists around women having a fucking personality.
0: Maybe, but then I just I don't know where I'd find
1: somebody. Well, what are your hobbies? If do you I feel like you don't have any hobbies. Well get some fucking hobbies. I don't have time for a hobby. Well make some time for some hobbies. You've only got one life. I know.
0: I but like I do comedy and I act and I tour. And like my job kind of is what some would say is a hobby, like someone who takes like a stand up class because they're like, I don't know, I'm the funniest
1: person at my job. So I do understand that. To be fair, I forgot that you are a stand up comedian. I do not know any stand up comedian who finds it very easy to find love because of the like instability of your lifestyle. It's a
0: crazy lifestyle. I'm out of town mostly like every weekend. If I get a job, then I'm gone for like 12 hours out of the day, you know, during the week. Um, sometimes I'll book something that immediately takes me out of town and I'm gone for a while. And then I do spend a lot of time in New York. So it's, I don't know. It's like my schedule is so unpredictable that even if I got a hobby, I don't know how often I'd get to my hobby. Mm-hmm. I guess I could like, maybe I like pottery.
1: Maybe I'll start pottering. Potter. Do some potting. But also, what about friends? Are friends not like bringing, like setting you up with people? Are you socializing at all? I'm
0: Friends with a lot of comedy people right. who are friends with a lot of other broken comedy people. So I feel like all of the people in comedy that I that are available to date are not available. Like the mm-hmm. ones that I would are already snatched up. Um, camera operators on sets are usually married. Uh, cr- like all crew members are married. Mm-hmm. And then you have PAs who are young. And they're still trying to figure out what they want to do. Because I don't think anyone's a career PA. Maybe they are. I don't know. Um, and then actors, non-comedic actors, I think are hard to talk to. Because I think to be an actor, you have to be like a little vacant, but then also incredibly self-absorbed.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, just, I mean, what, what else would draw you into a career where you spend all of your, your life pretending to be someone else? Yes. It's, that's damage.
0: Yeah. And then <laughs> you're also not even adding your own thing, really. Like, you're not adding jokes to it. Like, in a comedy, you're like, what if it's, don't you think it's funny if I say it this Like, you're yeah. constantly thinking and adding to your character.
1: Mm-hmm. I understand. I oh, no. It is, no. I mean, this is a, 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 an in- industry that is like full of like damaged narcissists. Mm-hmm. Um which you and I probably are as well. Oh, um, absolutely! And so, you know, we are just sitting here in a room talking <laughs> about ourselves. <laughs> what does that yeah, say? It's um, the definition of yeah. damaged narcissism. Yeah, we're both damaged narcissists, and so this is a this is a polluted pool to find love in. Um, I do, I do wonder that when you do meet people, how much are you yourself? I am myself. I would say like yourself, yourself.
0: I would say I'm, like, 75% on, like, just, like, you know, getting zingers in and being fun and funny, and then, like, 25%, like, here's an actual fact about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do put up some walls, I know. Um, uh, both my parents are dead, and it's something something I work, uh, work in in therapy about putting up walls about mm-hmm. people leaving my life, and that that's the way life goes so if you never really
1: give yourself out then no one can really leave the real
0: you Mm -hmm. and I just started I would say within like the last year and a half trying to be vulnerable and vulnerability is a very hard thing for me
1: okay can I so I have an almost like a I have a deathly lack of filter can I say something really honest to Mm -hmm. you okay so the first time I met you Mm -hmm. I did not get a gauge of who you were at all. Not ah. one bit. And fair enough, we were in a situation that probably isn't conducive to us being our most relaxed and mm-hmm. our most ourselves. But I had no idea who you were. It was night and day compared to the woman that I'm now in a room with. Oh. Um, and I love this woman very much. And I didn't dislike that woman, but I felt zero connection with mm-hmm. that woman because I felt like you were being a character. like almost mm-hmm. like almost It's almost like... And it's, it's funny and entertaining, but it is almost like there's a kind of cartoony thing that I i am definitely mm-hmm. someone who does. And I've been called out on this many times, which is how I can even recognize it in other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a defense mechanism because I was so rejected um, my whole life. And so therefore, I'm just kind of like, you're not rejecting me. You're mm-hmm. rejecting my character. Yes. And I used to be much more manic. And I used to be um, very animated, always telling stories, always performing. And this someone who's now my best friend, but at the time I was kind of trying to hook up with and that (laughs) didn't go anywhere. um, And he turned out to be hella gay. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But he just said to me one day, kind of on a date, and he was like, "Um, aren't you tired? And I was like, what do you mean? He said of this like thing you're doing, this Mm -hmm. performance you're putting on, aren't you tired? He's like, because it's fucking exhausting to watch. Mm -hmm. And I had to like crawl under the table that we were sitting at and just hide from him because I felt so deathly exposed mm-hmm. and I sensed a little bit of that in you that yes. performative thing and that is something that perhaps then gives off the signal that you are not interested in connecting with someone so therefore mm-hmm. then they pick up a signal even subliminally that you do not want them to connect with you so therefore they shouldn't try to connect with you and that is and I don't mean that in an attacking way it's not attacking but it's been really interesting to see you today because I, I adore the woman that I'm sitting opposite Oh, you are real, you. you're intelligent, you speak in a, a different voice even than I first met you with.
0: And When we first met, it was like walking into a situation where I was incredibly nervous. Oh, well, you did. Very, you were brilliant on the day. very nervous. Yeah. I had an audition for the part. So coming in, I was like, well, here's what I want to yeah, do. Yeah. Okay, well, here's what we're trying to do. Okay, that's not quite what... We're not seeing it was like a- You were also
1: fucking exceptional for whatever it's worth.
0: But I will say that I maybe had a wall-up because I was like, I want to be liked, I have to come back for three days. So don't be too aggressively (laughs) loud try to be funny when yep. appropriate.
1: Oh no you try were brilliant in that situation. I didn't find you in anything other than a complete joy and perfect to work with in that situation. All I was wondering is that is there any part of that version of you that comes out when you were in a romantic or social yes, it environment? Yes. That's very, all I'm trying to much. say is that because my mania yes. used to come out any time I was nervous. Mm-hmm. So it didn't it wasn't work nerves, it wasn't love nerves, it wasn't sex nerves, mm-hmm. it was all nerves. So I was just wondering if that's something similar. I would say like
0: a year and a half ago, that would be my go-to, the way I would be Mm -hmm. on a date. Now I try to like, before I go on a date, it's, it's been a while since I've been on one, but I try to like ground myself, center myself and be like, okay, let's be, what is, how does Nicole feel today? If I don't feel like being performative, then we'll just talk. Yeah. And then sometimes I do feel like being on and I do feel like being very silly. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I don't take my ADD medication and I'm out of my mind. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. And that's also another thing when I work. Sometimes I don't take my ADHD medication. So I'm in my brain going,
1: don't be annoying. Please don't take that as a criticism of how you were. I was just trying to say that on a social level Mm -hmm. to work with, you were A dream. I was just wondering on a social level Mm -hmm. if that's also the way you come across. Because then in that case, then that doesn't quite work as well. Because Mm -hmm. that's not good for human connection. It was perfect for the environment in which Mm -hmm. we met. And I left with no judgment of you. It was only seeing you today and seeing Mm -hmm. you be very different that I was like, oh, I wonder if you're like this version of you when you're socializing. I would say it's a mixture. Yeah. So do you get that I'm not criticizing the way that you were that I do. But I
0: I just... (laughs) That first day I lost my mind.
1: <laughs> okay, but you didn't seem like that. You just didn't seem, you just did, almost didn't seem real. Like we were just sort of not being able to communicate in a human way, which almost a billion percent you would have felt about me two years ago Mm -hmm. but I've had therapy I do uh, I did something called EMDR therapy which is a type of like trauma therapy um, that helps break patterns and Mm -hmm. breaks defense mechanisms and stuff it's unbelievable and I highly recommend it basically to anyone who's got a bad habit or bad patterns or Mm -hmm. uh, bad trauma that they can't seem to overcome or if you keep being drawn back to the same negative situation because that's something that reflected something that happened to you in your youth and you just keep going at it like Mm a fucking moth to a flame Um, so it was just something that I picked up on because it's something that I used to do and and people respond so weirdly to the version of ourselves that we create because we aren't Mm -hmm. okay with who we are and because we are afraid and that fear comes out in a way that is hard to relate to and so I think for whatever it's worth and i'm sure you 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 have so much confidence in certain areas of your life mm-hmm. but there's certainly a part of you that i that that clearly you are not fully okay with otherwise you would allow that woman in the same way that you would a friend if your friend wasn't feeling on you would say to your friend like hey just relax just be yourself
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you're not allowing yourself that same luxury and I think that that's something to really look at: is that be your best friend, treat mm-hmm. yourself as you would your best friend, allow yourself the same things you would allow a best friend. Don't pressure yourself the way that you would not pressure a best friend. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to lecture you.
0: No, but that's also good. Um, I think my mom used to say you have to be nice to yourself, and I never understood that until mm-hmm. in therapy. My therapist would say you have to be nice to yourself. Yeah,
1: talk to, the, to stand can't up for yourself. Be
0: mean to yourself because you are yourself. Yeah.
1: Also, we're never going to get rid of the mean voice in our head because we're women mm-hmm. and that mean voice has come from every single, like via osmosis, we've adopted that mean voice. It's almost uh-huh. now like in our fucking DNA. So all you can do is have the mean voice mm-hmm. and then have this, the the voice of the best friend in your head that's going to stand up to that mean voice. I have that mean voice and then I also have another voice that tells that voice to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And that's a voice that maybe you need to activate in a stronger that way. That's needs to
0: be a little louder. Yeah. We do have to wrap up. Oh, no. Is there anything that you would like to promote?
1: Um, I'm on a show called The Good Place, uh, and we're about to have season three released in about three weeks from when this airs. So September 27th on NBC. It's going to be on Netflix and on NBC, and uh, it's very good and it's very funny. I've also made a documentary for the BBC about uh, consent within sex and trying to educate people about it rather than shout at them.
0: I think that's wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. But
1: also before I go, I just want you to say, I love the woman that you are. You're great and you're funny and you're smart and you're beautiful. Thank you. And you're strong and you're talented and you're just, you have so much to be proud of and so much to enjoy about yourself. And I am glad that you are working on that. And I hope that continues to grow because you're so great.
0: Oh, thank you. I find you fabulous and you're wonderful and you're inspiring. And it's a real treat to talk to you. If you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, uh, you can subscribe on iTunes and you can <laughs> you can rate it five stars. And if you uh, write me a nasty little review, I will read it. This is from B-Way CD. It says, I wish this podcast was every day or maybe twice a week. Nicole, you're so funny. I want to lick your open mouth. Thank you. Toodaloo. Toodaloo.
1: This has been a Team Coco production.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about
1: this juicy gem
0: of a detour.